Good evening. Thank you for coming. Uh, continuing our discussion of the Hilchot Yom HaKippurim. I went back to last year to see what we were, uh, got up to. We were in the middle of our discussion of the Minag of Kaparos. So let's go back there, shall we? All right, just to refresh our memories, the Shechan says, Mashin Oagim Lasot Kapara, Be'erav Yom HaKippurim, Lishchot Tarnagol, Akol Ben Zachar, V'lomar Alav Psukim, Yesh Limnoa HaMinhag. So the Shechan says, there is such a Minag out there that you go and you slaughter a chicken for uh, all the males and to say certain Psukim, says we should prevent people from engaging in this minog. Okay, and the Mishaburah says the concern is that it's midarke ha'emori. It's pagan. I'm not saying this. <laughs> the Shechan is saying it. That's how the Mishaburah understands it. It's pagan to swing chickens around your head and slaughter them and say psukim. Okay, could be. But the Ramah says, v'yesh me'agonim shekatvu min hagzeh. There are some geonim who brought down this practice. V'chein katvu oto rabim achronim. Many others brought this as well. And he says that's how they used to practice uh, in Krakow. And we shouldn't uh, deviate from this minog, because it's a minog that's long standing. It goes back uh, for a long period of time. Okay, we spoke all about this. Why would it be dark Do we have earlier sources for this? Maybe there's a, there's a Gemara and Shabbos and there's a Rashi there that's not. Okay, fine. All, very nice. Very good. If you, if you want to hear more about it. Check the archives from uh, the previous year. But we mentioned all that. We mentioned uh, how they have to be careful the way they set it up because of these shochtim, they're going nonstop. And who knows if their knife is sharp enough or if they're paying close enough attention or if they're too tired. We went through all these details. You guys remember. Good. Excellent. The uh, Ramah continues. So he says the practice is not how the Shulchan Aruch mentioned it. The Shulchan Aruch says specifically shechting a, uh, a tarnagol, a male chicken, a rooster. Is that what we call it? Yeah, yeah. a rooster for each boy. The Ramah says we take a rooster for the boys and we take a nekeva for the, uh, for the females, a tarnagola, a chicken for the females. Okay. And for a pregnant woman, uh, a person would take bet tarnagolim, two chickens, ulai teleid zachar, uh, because maybe she'll give birth to a boy, right? So she's going to take a tarnagolet for herself and, and she'll take a tarnagol, uh, right? So she herself is going to take the chicken and then in case she has a boy, she takes a rooster. Yeah? That makes sense? Okay, good. Mishabura says, why is she taking two? Dehainu tarnagol v'tarnagolet. She's going to take a rooster and a chicken. Tarnagol, she's taking the rooster because Shema havlad zachar, because maybe she's going to give birth to a baby boy. V'tarnagolet, shafil im avlad nekeva, it kaprush nehem, hi atzma v'avlad be'achad. And if it ends up that it's going to be a girl, so then the tarnagolet, the chicken that she's bringing on her own behalf, uh, can cover both of them. Cover both of them. Okay, fantastic. And he says, And he says, in theory, uh, you can have people splitting up and uh, going under one chicken. They'll be able to secure the same amount of kapara if, uh, if they can't afford to take their own chicken. So it sounds like ideally you have one for yourself. If not, if you need to team up, that's fine. The person doesn't need to worry about it. He notes here in the Mishaburah that there are differing practices. Some say that a pregnant woman should take two chickens, and then one rooster. Why would she do that? Because ideally, if, she does, if her and her potential female uh, baby does not, uh, don't need to share, then that would be ideal, right? So uh, go ahead, take two chickens and one tarnagol and one rooster just in case it's a boy, okay? Uh, last but not least for tonight, as they're swinging the chickens above their head, so Yomar, they should say, that this chicken is Khalifati, it's in my place, it's a Timura, uh, again, a substitute for me, and it's Kaparati, it's my atonement. 
Uh, why are you going to say it uh, in that way? Why are you saying it in that order? Why specifically those words? So he points out that is Rashi Tevot. If you take the first letter of each one of those words, you get Chet Taf Chaf, right? Chalifati, Timurati, and Kaparati. And what is the significance of Chet Taf Chaf? He says that is Shem Malach Hamimuna Al Hachayim. That is the angel that has the, uh, that name is the angel that is in charge of life. I don't know. I think Parnassah also, by the way, topic for a different discussion. So it's not a bad idea anyway. But uh, I guess, say again? Chaim Tovim. Chaim Tovim is with a tet, though. Yeah, okay, okay. Oh, we'll take it. We'll take it, yeah? Okay, so uh, he says that's why we say it specifically in that order and with those words, because we're invoking the name of the Malach who's Mimune, he's appointed over life. Okay, some of these things are a little bit beyond me, but uh, like we said, it's a Minag Vatikin, it's a longstanding practice. The Ain Lishanot, and we should not deviate from it. As I said many times, I've never once done it with the chickens, but at least with money, but we'll get there, keep coming back. Rabbi